Welcome to US Rail Journeys, Series 1. Episode 10, where the Empire Builder finally reaches Chicago. was the German immigrants who started the brewing industry that made Milwaukee famous. They also bought beer gardens, theatre and opera to the city. The station was opened in 1965 in a modern, concrete style that was unpopular in the city. In 2007 it was modernised and is now a glass-sided building. The station is the terminus for Amtrak's Hiawatha service. It saw nearly 594,100 passengers pass through it in 2014. The area we're now passing through is very built up with light industrial units, quite a number of United States flags all along the way. I think at this stage we're out of farming country and into the city suburbs. This is one of the largest stations I've been into. Not only is it a big train shed, but also it has five platforms. After leaving the station we crossed the Menomani River and a few moments later we passed the alien Bradley clock on the right. This clock is a Milwaukee landmark. We're now out of the suburbs of Milwaukee and back into agricultural land. What I do find interesting is that one of the nuisances when you're travelling and trying to take photographs is that everywhere you go there are trees just along the railway line. It's usually only one or two layers of trees but they do crop up every time I'm trying to take a photograph. As we get out a bit further we're passing a school bus depot with what must be hundreds of buses parked up because it's Sunday. We now appear to have reached a kind of scrubby semi-industrial area that would I think be the border of the industrial parts of the city with maybe better suburbs to come in a short while. Okay, uh, so I am with Tim Harrigan, who is conductor on this train. I'm the assistant conductor on this train. The assistant yeah. conductor on this train. So what does a conductor do? Well, the conductor ensures the safety and comfort of all the passengers and crew on board the train. And how long have you been doing this? I've been railroading for 41 years. I've been on Amtrak for 31 years. 10 years in freight, 30 years on passenger. And you must enjoy being on the passenger trains and if you've done that length of time with them. It, it's been a blessing. It really has been a blessing. And I can retire at any time. I've got the time, I've got the age. But it, it feels like there's people here that I can still be a blessing to. And that's what keeps me moving. I just love it. Just love it. Helping them. Well, that's great to hear. Now, are there any particular memories that you have that were particularly great on the passenger trains? Well, I've had so many good memories. Some of them that I 
recall this one gentleman who was around 91 years old, traveling in a private car with his wife. They were on their honeymoon. It was like his third wife or something like that. He was a good guy. Anyways, I asked him, I saw him running down the platform, and I asked him how, how it is that he's able to be so vibrant at 91 years of age. And he told me that all his life he's had angels up ahead of him guiding him. And I thought that to be pretty interesting because I'm spiritual myself, and I thought, tell me about it. And he started to tell me about it, and then he said, if you'll give me your address, I'll send you a book that I wrote. And the name of the book was Angels Up Ahead. He was a reverend, and it was his life story. And he went to war. He was a conscientious objector, but he didn't want to fire a shot. He didn't want to hurt nobody, but he didn't want to disappoint his family. So he ended up going into war, going into battle, carrying a gun. He said, I never fired a shot. Didn't have to. Angels were up ahead guiding my, my every step. So I went all through the war, never had to fire a shot, and I was able to come back home and, and spread the good news. So people like that keep me inspired to keep talking the talk and walking the walk. Forty years been talking the talk and walking the walk. I haven't always been able to walk the walk. I'm still learning, and I still got, you know, uh, lots of lessons to learn. I'm just 61 years of age. I'm just a spring chicken. Guys ask me all the time, well, why don't you retire? You got the time in. I said, well, I probably will retire, but if I live to be 100, I think I ought to be at least railroad until I'm 70 because I enjoy it that much. It's just beautiful. Love it. And do you always do this route, or do you do other routes as well? Well, I've been on all the routes uh, out of Chicago. I'm, I live in northwest Indiana, and I'm from Toledo, Ohio. And I work the trains out of Chicago, and about every few years or so, I, I look for other opportunities. I'm always looking for the rainbow, always chasing the rainbow. And everywhere I go, I find it, so I just keep chasing it, and I keep finding it, and, and then I'll go chase it some more. I never stop. I, I knew when I was a young young guy, about 18, I wanted to have a job that would allow me to work anywhere in the country. I didn't know what that was. I didn't know what it was. I just put it out to the universe. And this is what the universe delivered to me, a job now that I can work anywhere in the country that I choose to work. It, I raised my family in Northwest Indiana, and, and now I'm back in Northwest Indiana after going back to Ohio for a while to take care of my folks. and. Uh, I'm not sure where the next adventure will take me, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it, that's for sure. You, you do a certain number of hours on this train, because I know that we have cruise stops, and you got on at the last cruise stop. So do you work your way across the country? Well, we, we start out of Chicago. That's our crew base. We can work different crew bases, but Chicago is our crew base. We left yesterday on train number seven, went to Winona, Minnesota, spent the night, and now we're coming back home. But one of the reasons I like this train is because of the hours that it, it works. I came out of Chicago yesterday around two o'clock in the afternoon, got to Winona about eight o'clock at night, spent the night and come back out, you know, work the daylight runs, you know. Certain crew bases just work night trains. I've worked the night trains. They're, they're quiet, but they're hard on the body. At my age anyway, I find that to be a little bit difficult at 4.30 in the morning to keep, you know, yourself uh, enthusiastic. There's nobody up but you, so walk to walk, but there ain't nobody to talk to. So you're like, well, <laughs> uh, you're, you're fighting fatigue. So I said, oh, I'm, I'm, 
I'm too old for that. I think I'm just going to go and work a train that you know works daylight hours, and 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 I could talk to the people. I like talking to the people. They they uh, they give me energy, good energy. Some people you know have bad energy. I try to give them some of my good energy. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, well, I just keep walking. Well, thank you very much. Great to have spoken to you. God bless you. Thank you. Just over an hour from Milwaukee, and with just under an hour to go before our arrival into Chicago, we come to Glenview. This modern, suburban, affluent village is punctuated by older farms and industrial complexes. I find it interesting that this is in fact termed a village, as we have passed through some much smaller communities that have the status of a city. The station at Glenview is mainly a commuter station, However, there are two Amtrak services that pass through the station, the Empire Builder and the Hiawatha service. Passengers wishing to travel either way between Glenview and Milwaukee or Glenview and Chicago are not allowed to use the Empire Builder service as there are more frequent services using the other trains. In addition, the Empire Builder has limited accommodation. As we prepare for our arrival into Chicago Union Station, it is worth noting that the route between Chicago and St. Paul is known as the Milwaukee Road. It actually began as a plank road built to carry horses and wagons. Chicago Union Station opened in 1925 when it replaced an earlier station built in 1881. It handles both intercity rail connections. It is a major hub for the Amtrak long distance services and also commuter trains and it stands on the west side of the Chicago River. Chicago Union Station is the third busiest railway station in the United States after Grand Central and Penn stations in New York and it handles approximately 120,000 passengers every weekday. The building is a combination of Bedford limestone, Beau Arts facades, massive Corinthian columns, sparkling marble floors, a magnificent great hall and all this lit by brass lamps in order to create an environment that captures the imagination of passengers and visitors to the station. In 2011 modifications were made to the lighting to make the station greener and these resulted in a reduction of 4 million tonnes a year in the station's carbon footprint. 16 Amtrak intercity routes either terminate at this station or pass through it and in addition there are six commuter routes that between them use the 24 platforms that there are in the station. Confusingly, the odd number platforms, numbers 1 to 19, are on the northern half of the station, and the even number platforms, even more confusingly numbered between 2 and 30, are in the south half of the station. The main waiting area in the station is known as the Great Hall and is reputed to be one of the great interior public spaces in the United States. It has a vaulted skylight, statues and connecting lobbies with staircases and balconies. There are enormous wooden benches for travellers to sit on and specially designed underground roads for taxis so that the travellers are protected from the weather. The station was at its busiest during the Second World War when up to 300 trains and 100,000 passengers, many of them soldiers, passed through the station each day. Even though most of us have never been to Chicago, many of us will be familiar with the station, as one of the staircases featured in the film The Untouchables in 1987. <laughs> 
The city of Chicago is described as being vibrant and energetic. It is the industrial core of the Midwest and a major transport hub. It is in the heart of America's agriculture belt and there is much distribution of farm products taking place. There are many regional food specialities reflecting the city's ethnic and working class roots. The spirit of the city is also shown in its architecture. The word skyscraper originated here in 1885. Today the city is home to the Willis Tower built and still commonly known as the Sears Tower which is 108 storeys high. It's a 1,450 foot tall skyscraper which when it was completed in 1973 became the tallest building in the world, a title it held for 25 years. It remained the tallest building in the Western Hemisphere until 2014 when it was overtaken by the new buildings on the World Trade Center site in New York. There are many world-renowned theatres and museums and the city boasts Wrigley Field, one of baseball's oldest parks. The Chicago River became an engineering marvel in 1900 when engineers reversed its flow so that it flows from Lake Michigan and into the Mississippi River. I'm spending only 22 hours in Chicago before I join the Californian Zephyr tomorrow afternoon and therefore my opportunity for sightseeing is somewhat limited. However, I did spend some time in Chicago a few years ago and saw many of the sights at that time and I can fully attest that it is a spectacular city. I would like to take this opportunity to thank the passengers and crew of the Empire Builder as we travelled from Portland to Chicago from the 29th of September to the 1st of October 2017 for their good humour towards the man waving the microphone. This podcast has been made by the Mr T Podcast Studio. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs>